Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast that was meant to be with two of my amazing coaches, but unfortunately my Wi-Fi is awful, so I'm just going to pre-record this and I'm very sorry to say you've only got me. I'm sorry. The rest will be back next week. I moved to a different Airbnb. I'm in South Africa at the moment, just doing some work somewhere else for a bit of a change. Um, and I have to say, I didn't sleep last night. I had this great idea that because the flight was at, I think I got on the flight at like seven. I was like, I'll have some food, then I'll just sleep. And then I'll wake up in South Africa refreshed. No, I was awake the whole night. And normally I sleep very well on a flight. And the weirdest thing happened, like my knees were unbelievably painful. Anyway, they're fine now. Thanks for asking everyone. And I have some excellent questions from the Commit 6 group. So I'll get on with some of these and then I will get the coaches on for their excellent minds for some more later in the week. Okay, so Jill, new year reset and looking to set tangible goals in inch loss. Is there a realistic place to start? Thighs and hips are being the target area, thanks. Great question, and no, is the answer. It's so hard, it's kind of like when people say, how much fat could I lose in eight weeks or something? Now, if I knew how much fat you have to lose, that would probably be even a little bit easier. But given that we don't know, A, how much you have to lose, B, where your stubborn body fat areas are or where you're most likely to lose fat from first, which you can't choose that, even though, oh, I'd quite like it to come from my thighs and my hips. Like generally women tend to store their fat on their thighs and their hips, which means that often it's the last place for it to go. Um, You'll notice that in bodybuilding shows and things, like a lot of women are very lean up top and then they're really not so lean Um, lower down and it takes a hell of a lot to get lean lower down so you can't choose where it comes from I certainly wouldn't set like I want to lose one inch a month or something like that it's it's very hard to say I would always focus on direction don't worry so much about the speed like if you're just consistently losing body fat the results will come don't don't worry too much about how quickly they're coming if you're like ahead of track if you're behind times like the the thing is, it, the the rate of weight loss will change, the rate of inch loss will change, and it's really silly to put markers on that when, if you're making progress, you should be focusing on the fact that you're making progress and that's the win. You can't really dictate exactly what that looks like or exactly the speed of it. And what you'll tend to find from a motivational standpoint is that if you do do that, sorry about that beeping, if you do do that, then what you'll end up finding is that you're pretty demotivated when you don't hit this kind of random target that you've set yourself to, for some reason, lose X amount in X amount of time. So my advice would be, don't do that. Now, coming back to your point about setting tangible goals, set tangible behaviours that you're going to stick to, right? Go back to your range targets. You want to focus on the process goal, not the outcome goal. The outcome will take care of itself. And it will fluctuate and it will go up and down, especially if you're a woman. But what you can control, because you can't control that outcome, what you can control is your actions, which will lead to that outcome. And it won't always look like what you had envisioned. And one of the main reasons that people give up is they focus too much on the outcome and not on the process of getting there. Like, and actually, it's not that complicated. You stick to your range targets, get your head down, 
stick to them for six months, you'll be amazed at where you are. Okay, next question. Um, okay, happy new year. I have some work-related goals that I want to hit this year. Any tips for feeling the fear and doing it anyway? I am awful good at talking myself out of things if I don't think I'm going to do a good job at it. I think a kind of a bit of a reframe here is a couple of things. One, nobody starts good. Two, you are probably avoiding the most important things and they're probably the things that you're trying to avoid because you're not particularly good at them yet but they're the things that are gonna push you forward, right? If you only ever do the things that you're already good at, you're not gonna grow. So if you're saying like, I've got these work-related goals, I'm assuming that requires some kind of growth. The stuff that you're already good at isn't gonna push you. It's not gonna make you grow. It's not gonna move the needle forward. It's not gonna propel you in your career. So when, when you, you've asked kind of like, oh, how do you feel the fear and do it anyway? I think you have to accept that that is growth. If you don't feel a little bit of imposter syndrome, if you're not a little bit scared, if it doesn't challenge you a little bit, you're not going to grow from it. So, and I always say that in regards to hard work as well, like if something's hard, good. Most people won't do it. If you already find it easy, you probably already nailed it, right? If you're like, oh, I don't know, going for a 5K jog is easy. Okay, cool, but then you're not running hard enough. Or if you're like lifting weights and you're like, oh, this is really easy, then you're not lifting hard enough, right? And if you're walking through your life thinking, all this is really easy, but you want to grow in some way, because there's a difference there. Like, if you're walking through life and you're like, this is easy and I love it and there's nothing I'd change, great, don't change anything. If you're walking through life and thinking, I'm not pushed in any area of my life and it's really easy, but I want more and I want to grow and I want to push myself, then you have to accept that it will be scary, but that's a good sign. Like, lean into things that excite you and scare you a little bit. Okay, Rue, Happy New Year. What are your top five self-development books you would generally recommend to read, please? Great question. Right, let me get up my Audible. I don't know if I've got five. I get very obsessed with books, as most people who listen to the podcast will know. Um, very good one. Oh, I guess it is self-development. Why Has Nobody Told Me This? Julie Smith. Excellent. Master of Change. Brad Stolberg. Incredible. Clear Thinking by Shane Parrish. I'd say those two, Master of Change and Clear Thinking, are two of my favourite books of all time. But saying that, I'm like, is that because I just read them? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it is. Who knows? What else have I got here? Um, okay, the rest of those are a bit businessy. The Psychology of Money is very good. I think everyone should read it. Uh, oh, I guess it is self-development, yeah. Maybe a little bit different than what uh, most people would expect um, the expectation effect. David Robson. That's one of my favourite books as well. Um, yeah, I think those would be mine. So that was the expectation effect by David Robson. The psychology of money by by Morgan Housel. And. Um, Clear Thinking by Shane Parrish, Master of Change by Brad Stolberg. Read those, implement them. I'd space them out. I think sometimes you can read good books back to back too quickly and not have time to digest them a little bit and also write notes on them. 
I sometimes I get a bit upset that I haven't had time to do that or I mean, upset is an extreme but you, know, you read something it's so good and you know like, I wish I could read that again for the first time and I don't really normally go back and read things but maybe that maybe that's a sign I should do that maybe I'll go back and read some of these I think it, there there's also a case of some of these I'll be like oh my god this is the best thing I've ever read and honestly one of the reasons for that is it will be the right book for me at the right time given what I'm going through in my life and where my head's at I don't think books are as universally good as what a lot of people think I think there'll be people that are like oh this is such an amazing book it completely changed the way that I think about stuff and then you might read listen to it and be like oh it kind of felt like it was a little bit better than actually I, I, I think that it is now but it's normally because that's what you needed to hear at the time but anyway those are some good ones highly recommend okay Claire how to get out of a rut of wanting and needing to change actioning it for a few days slash weeks and then sliding back into I can't be asked with this I guess how to switch from wanting the results to sticking to the daily process if that makes sense yes that does make sense and I would say that's probably most people's problem I think you have to call yourself out on this a bit like is it hard yes but is there any other way to do it aside from consistency no and I would say two of the fundamental things are one realize everyone gets impatient and the difference between people that get results and people that don't get results isn't that they don't feel impatient it's that they don't act on the impatience right like you can feel something and not act on it second thing is range targets because you won't hit your targets every day and there will be days so now now instead of being like oh I can't be asked with this yeah sure you can have a can't be asked with this day but you're still going to hit your minimum targets which means you're still going to be moving forward or at least staying still now if for the rest of your life you either progress or stay where you are you'll get incredible results the issue is I can't be asked and then you go backwards that's why we set the range targets and make sure that when you're setting them you set realistic ones that you can actually stick to there's absolutely no point being like my range target is 20,000 to 30,000 steps like and it's completely unrealistic for you your minimum target should be well within your capabilities and if it's not then you're not you know like I think people think that they're pushing themselves harder by doing that they're not like that's what your optimal target is for right so have your your optimal sure that can be pushing you that might be something you need to strive for that might be something that you know that you're a little bit scared like back to the other question of like feel the fear and do it anyway you might be like I don't even know if I could actually do that consistently that's going to really push me but I'm a bit excited about it and then your minimum should be like yeah I know I can do that I am confident that I can do that and I'm going to promise to myself that I do do that once you commit to that like results will just come then you just get on living your life, not waiting for results, but staying within that range. And this goes for everything. It doesn't have to be a calorie range or a step range or a workout range. Like it could be, you know, I've got how many podcasts I put out or how many blog posts I do or how many times I show up on social media or like other business related things where I know I've got a minimum and an optimal to strive for. And it also might be like, oh, I've always said I wanted to, I don't know, learn Spanish. Okay, set yourself a minimum. I'm going to go on Duolipo, is it Duolipo or Duolipo? I'm like, am I just thinking of the singer now? I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna go on that app for, uh, I'm gonna do it at least, I don't know, twice a week. But my aim is to do it every single day. Something like that, something that is realistic. 
Okay. Um, how do I get back into it after having been ill for so long and still not feeling well? I've gotten what it, I've forgotten what it's like to move my body. I get breathless just by going to the bathroom. I feel like I'm never going to get back to how I was before all of this. I feel so down. That's so hard. I can promise you that you will get back to it. And, but what's annoying is that you're going to have to get better first. And I mean, I'm not a medical expert. I don't know exactly what's going on with you. I would definitely speak to your doctor, try and make a plan with them. But I'd really, really do it slowly, slowly, slowly. And we work with quite a lot of people who have chronic fatigue syndrome or I guess like chronic, chronic health conditions that flare up now and again. And it's frustrating as hell. Like it is one of the most frustrating things because you feel good and then you're like, oh yes, I nailed a gym session. And then the next day you're absolutely wiped and it's not fair. But you do need to take a slightly different approach. And that might be looking at more of like a... I, when I work one-to-one with people that struggle with chronic health conditions, we also often keep a bit of a fatigue tracker to kind of monitor how things are, how much we can push. And, and again, you're building that fitness up again so that you can do more and more and more, but you can't just jump back into what you were doing before. So you will get there. It's just going to take time. And I get that that's frustrating. But there's also no way around it. Okay. Um, What is your advice to approaching things when others in your house, my husband in my case, are not getting nutrition fitness focus you are doing? He is supportive of me losing weight and he is wanting to lose weight as well. So I don't think it's him trying to sabotage what I'm doing. He just doesn't understand why I'm doing what I am. For example, things like you don't need to go for a walk in the rain or one biscuit isn't going to make a difference in the scheme of things over the weekend. Trying to get him to join Commit 42 isn't an option, unfortunately. I mean, obviously, that would be the first consideration. I think it's important that you do understand why you're doing what you're doing, which means you should be able to answer those questions for him. Like, And I encourage all of you, like, this is why we do hours of Q&A a week, because... I want you to understand why you're doing things. You're much more likely to stick to them, right? So as an example of this, will one biscuit over a weekend make a difference? No. But will the mentality of, well, one different one one biscuit doesn't make a difference anyway, will that start to make a difference? Yes. And instead of saying like, yeah, no, I know it doesn't make, you could just be like, I know it doesn't make a difference, but I'm choosing not to have one right now and I'll, I'll choose to have that, I don't know, biscuit that I really like on Sunday or that cake that I really like on Sunday like I'm choosing my indulgences and I'm going to enjoy them and the biscuit's just not worth it for me like I don't know I don't really want a stale biscuit I'd rather wait to have that really nice almond croissant I've been thinking about all week same with going for a walk in the rain like will will missing your steps once matter no but will not keeping that promise to yourself that you're at least going to do the minimum add up over time and then actually compound into something that does matter. Yes. So again, it's like one doesn't hurt, but the mentality that one doesn't hurt does hurt because that starts to add up. And I think maybe just explaining that to him, hopefully we'll get him on board. But if he's not, then he's not. And, you know, not everyone needs to support absolutely everything that you do. But I think being able to back yourself up and explain it does make a big difference. Okay, next question. Hello lovelies, are professional goal questions allowed? Hell yes, I love stuff that's 
not just health and fitness. Anyway, I have to admit to going through a terrible period of uh, professional jealousy pre-Christmas when one of my close friends was promoted from the same level as me to the one above. I've come back after Christmas with a newly positive mindset on this. One, I'm going to try and make her success an inspiration for me to level up. And two, it can only benefit me that I have a close friend doing so well. I absolutely love that mindset and it's not an easy place to get to. So really well done for that. Um, And then you say, however, is there anything else I can be doing to really improve my chances of professional success? I'm reassessing the audit for monthly at the minute. Thank you. I mean, without knowing exactly what you do, um, I would try and think about what makes you uniquely different and uniquely good and how you can upskill. Like, I think a frame of this, and sometimes people use it, I'm sure James Clear, James Clear uses this quite a lot with like, who's the person that you need to be to reach that goal, right? Who's the person that you need to be to get that promotion? What skill set do you need? Do you need to level up in other areas? Do you need to put yourself out there more? Do you need to meet more people? Do you need to ask for a promotion? Do you need to ask the person above you? Okay, this is like, this is probably underrated as well. Talk to your boss and be like, I really want to move up. I really want to progress in some way. Could I have some... Oh, sorry. The reason that I'm saying that is because I just started reading another book called Hidden Potential or something like that. Anyway, one of the key, one of the things that I actually have read, well, listened to like half the book and the only real thing that stood out to me was this, right? Instead of asking for feedback, ask for advice. Ask your boss, what's what would I need to do to get a raise? Or what would I need to do to go to that next level? And I think whenever you're asking for feedback, people often try and just give you feed, good feedback because they like you, right? Or, you know, they don't want to be mean or whatever. Whereas if you're asking for advice, that's very different. You're not asking for someone just to pat you back and be like, oh, you know, you, you do really well. I love it when you do this. Or you're such a great asset to the team or blah, blah, blah. You're asking for how can I improve? What would your advice be to me? What would you say if you were in my position and you were looking for this raise? So I would ask someone what their advice would be. You might even ask your friend. I don't know if they're only, you know, too close to like just being ahead of you that maybe their advice wouldn't be as useful. But even if you can ask someone who chooses what that promotion is or works with those people, or you know, I don't know exactly the ins and outs of this, but I think that would be really useful because once you've got that information, you know where to focus your efforts. Then you can make some goals around that. If they're like, well, do you know what? We really want someone who, I don't know, is up to date with AI and can use this or this or has more knowledge in this area. And then you're like, okay, well, I can go and action that. And then that gives you somewhere to focus the energy and drive that you clearly have. Okay. Um, loved these questions. I am going to wrap up here because I actually got to the end of all of them, which I didn't think I would. And I think that was all right because I was quite tired. And now I'm going to go and eat a massive salad and I'm not sure what else I'm going to do with my, my evening. I hope that was useful to you. If you did like it, please tag me on Instagram. Let me know. I haven't asked anyone to do that for ages. If you haven't, reviewed the podcast that's so beneficial so please please do give it um a review that would mean a hell of a lot to me and if you want to join the next commit six intake the waiting list is now on the website esgfitness.co.uk forward slash commit 
that's all. Have incredible days. Goodbye.